Hey, hey, hey! Welcome, Rolf, to Mailman Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Rolf. You are the founder of Rinder. I'm the founder of Rinder. Yes. Founder, founder of Rinder. He's going to tell us about his journey. What he, what does he do? What does he not do? What does it, what does his typical day look like? Any mistakes that he has made in the past? So, Rolf, welcome to Mailman Podcast. To start with, why don't you tell us in a couple of minutes about what do you do right now? Who are you as a person? Thank you, Mohit, for introducing me, uh, and thank you for welcoming me. Um, I'm with Rendus. We collect software development teams for clients in Germany. So all our clients, they have their own proper software development uh, operations, their own software teams, and they need more, um, but they cannot find them where they are operating, or uh, they cannot manage them. And so Rendus, we we go out, uh, we identify the right talents. We attract the right talents, and then we welcome the right talents for a dedicated partner, a dedicated client, and then we make them be excited about what our clients work on on a permanent basis. We work from Malaga in southern Spain, which is just a great, great place to live uh, with more than 300 days of sunshine a year. So it's a place where you want to work, and that's why we can attract many, many people to join us. Oh, fantastic! So let me repeat it. What whatever you said, so that I I am sure that I have not misunderstood anything. So you help people. So for example, if we have a company in Canada and we are struggling to find some developers, but we need to get some things developed. So instead of just giving it out to you as a project, we just hire your developers as a full time. So your team is actually just working on on our projects exclusively. Is that so? Yes, that's almost all that we do. But the most important part is that we do not only find people who are into technology, but we make them be excited about the particular task. So we do oh, not wow. rent out. We do not rent out any developers, but we make them. We establish a strong connection between the technology people working on our teams and the client company they are working for, because we are deeply, deeply convinced that if you really want to create world-class technology. You need to have a why. You need to have a reason yes. to do that, and that's yes. what Rendus is about. We excite um, people to to work for a particular client, work on a particular technology, work on a particular roadmap, and so that's the 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 actual performance that we do is making people excited about technology. Fantastic. Uh, I have a couple of questions for you, Rolf. Number one, the easiest one: What is the meaning of Rendus? I mean, is that a Spanish word or? It's, it? a, it's an artificial. It's an artificial name. We started to look for a company name, and uh, we ended up after one and a half days of uh, workshop work, we ended up uh, uh, making abbreviations of sentences and just taking the first letters and you know trying to combine them into a name. Okay. And Rindus is the acronym for Remote Industrial Services. So we figured this is a nice name. The websites, the URLs were uh, most of them were available, and so it's uh, it's just uh, it's just an artificial name. Oh, that's fantastic! And I see that your logo has an anchor in it, or is it something else? So, what does anchor signify? Rindus was founded in uh, Hamburg, Germany, and Malaga, Spain, and both cities have a big harbor and are connected to water. Water is uh, a, a, used to be the means to, you know, to explore the world, to meet new people, to make new experiences, mm -hmm. to make adventures, and so that's what Rindus is about. It's about exploring the world, making new adventures, growing with these adventures, growing with this new knowledge. And so that is one part, the water. But the anchor also provides safety and stability. The anchor provides a strong hold to a ship. So when you set the anchor, you're at one place. You're in safety, and and that's what you know Rindus stands for. We provide safety to our partners that our folks know what they are doing. 
Now, the last meaning of the anchor is if you want to explore the world, if you want to grow, to make, to make new experiences, you have to lift the anchor and to set off for your voyage. So in, in that way, the anchor is frequently set, uh, uh, lifted by renders um, because we frequently set off to new adventures, explore new opportunities, new possibilities for our clients. Um, and in that respect, the anchor is a perfect symbol for what we do. Fantastic, fantastic. Also, or now the harder question. Can you give us an example where you made anybody excited about project that they should be working on? Uh, a, a detailed example, um, I, I, I cannot dive too deeply into the actual uh, project work, but I can tell you that what we always do is, um, you know, let me put it this way. Somebody tells you, uh, oh, I need to have this feature. And then you ask, why do you need to have this feature? And then he says, um, because A, B, C. And almost always it is not because of ABC, but there is something behind that. So what we yes. at Rendos always do is we, we see software development as a communication process. So we ask that guy who said, oh, it's ABC. We ask him, okay, let's talk about A. Why do you think A is something that technology can do for you in this particular context, in, in your particular setting? And then we get a conversation and then we get answers and we keep on asking questions and if we do that for a certain period of time, we get to the true core, we get to the true purpose of what technology is actually to deliver in this particular okay. setting, and then we start to develop technology. So it's, I think it's about, we at Windows, we see the process of software engineering as a continuous process of communication, of nailing what the actual purpose is, and then going for this actual purpose. And that is why we always follow a long-term approach because you need to understand the client company's business. You need to un we need to understand our partners. We need to put ourselves into the shoes of our partners in order to create great technology. And that's what we do. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Rolf, before Rindus, so when did Rindus start? Which year was it? It was in 2017. In April 2017, we started Rindus. Oh, great. Uh, what were you doing before that? Are you single-handedly running Rinders or do you have more partners? Like, give us a glimpse, glimpse of your journey so far. Whoa, uh, okay. I, originally, I have a business background. I started my career in management consulting. Then I joined my first startup a long, long time ago. It was a okay. small company, uh, an IT company converted into a telecommunications carrier. Then I founded a company in asset management, did that for eight and a half years. And then by basically by coincidence, I happened to start a company that was developing software for a particular client in Southern Europe. And uh, the learnings that I had back then was that it's totally exciting to be in software development because it's a creativity process. It's the process that is based on creativity and craftsmanship. And it's about people. It's actually about people. And if I do have one passion in my life, it is uh, that I love to work with people. And in software engineering, I have plenty of opportunities to meet great, talented personalities. And that's why I started in 2013, I started to work in software engineering. Uh, and since then I have stick to it because it's just, as I said, I can, I meet, I work with amazing people. Oh, great. So are, you are a software engineer yourself? I am not a software engineer okay. my, myself. I can understand the code, of course. I, I can. I have a deep zest for technology. That's no secret. Okay. But I'm. But I'm not. I'm not a tech guy. I'm. I'm a people guy. Got it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Rolf. So right now, this is your full-time thing. Do you still dabble into any side projects uh, once in a while, or do you just dedicate yourself 100% to Rinders? 
I dedicate all my time and effort to Rindos, although I love music, so I spend my leisure listening to music, uh, making music. I love uh, being informed about history. Um, I love doing some sports. So, you know, of course, I do have leisure activities, but um, professionally, I focus on, on what I do at, at Rindos because it's the, the best thing that I've ever done in my life. Incredible. Incredible. So, Rolf, this is brilliant. Now you have have a hobby which is music not just listening to music but also making music then you have a full time uh, company renders that you are um, growing for last 3 years what does your typical day look like uh, when do you get up when do you go to bed what do you do throughout the day uh, do you rest or are you always hustling like what does your day look like i'm i'm a morning person so i get up very early in the morning for for most people it is maybe too early so it's about <laughs> like 4:45 or 5 in the morning <laughs> then i do then i do some i do some language practicing um i i do some reading uh interesting stuff i do meditate for a short period of time which is just basically collecting and focusing my energy and 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 establishing a connection to myself this is what i do every morning then i do have a breakfast go to the office i usually start at 7 in the morning in in the office 7 7:30 at the latest and then i have a period of four and a half hours where i do not have any meetings i do not have any internal phone calls where i do not you know usually i don't have any appointments at all but this these four and first four and a half hours of the day i dedicate to the pro- projects that i consider important and i do have two hours of lunch time with my family and at two uh, in the afternoon my meeting time starts which is when i have internal meetings meetings with partners update meetings decision making meetings and so on until 6 6 30 or 7 in the evening and then I'm done with the day this means that after 7 I don't read emails my slack is closed I don't respond to anything you know ex- except somebody calls me and makes an emergency call but apart from that I I wrap up with work and from 7 in the evening I'm uh, with my family or with myself reading stuff um and and taking care of uh, other activities that matter in my life so it's you know it's a total of I don't know maybe 10 between 10 and 12 hours a day that I dedicate to to Windows uh, but I I try to be very focused in with reference to the time that you know when I'm working for Windows I'm doing nothing else and when I'm not working for Windows I'm not working for Windows. so it's it's a it's a relatively rigid organization you might say I would say that's great that you are able to pull it off that's where I'm most curious about so you said in the morning before lunch you have 4 4 and a half hours of just dedicated time distraction free time to work on renders how do you achieve that distraction free 4 and a half hours i mean does not your phone ring does not know, uh, so does anybody not knock on your door so what really happens well actually right now we work in a fully remote uh, mode this is there i don't have any colleagues around me so i'm working in my own proper office nobody nearby who could knock at my door my phone does ring but it's set to silent so even okay. the screen i i i switched off all notifications so when you when you want to call me um you will reach my mailbox i check the phone uh, like every once in a hour every other hour so so um it, it is my decision when i take pick up the phone and look at the phone and not an incoming call um your question how do you achieve that to be honest it is a daily um it, it needs to be defeated every day because of course many many people are asking me to you know can we have this meeting in the morning can we do this in the morning but uh, because i have made the decision for myself that i need this distraction free time in order for you know create creative work sales strategies sales pitches 
working on marketing material, working on our future strategy, working on cultural elements that I want to, you know, push or discuss. This is all, it's, it's very knowledge intense work. And it's not possible to do that if you're distracted every other minute or so. So that's, that's why I, I think it's worth defeating this uh, distraction free time. And I, I'm, and, and of course, I'm explaining it to everybody. So, you know, everybody on my team knows that this is the reasoning. And, uh, and, and they also, they can rely if there is an urgency, of course, we, we have a meeting in the morning. But it, it happens more and more rarely. Absolutely. Okay, so now this could be a little personal. I mean, I understand when you can control um, the external factors to create distraction-free environment, but sometimes you are focused to do something, but then you have to think. And when you take the time thinking about something, uh, sometimes do you feel any urge to probably just check your inbox, uh, look at the phone, if any text has arrived? How do you defeat that urge? How do you overpower that urge to like, just, just check something for a couple of seconds, but then that those couple of seconds eventually become a couple of minutes and then a few minutes and then an hour? By just making myself aware that if I check my email, I'm, I'm, there's the big potential that I'm getting drowned in everything that I, I'm going to find there. So basically, it's two principles. One principle is that I write down every idea that I have. So I have a, okay. I use a, a task I, I use a task management system, and I put everything into the inbox of this task management system. And you know, it's, it's a mobile client that I have on my phone. So if I happen to you know dry myself after the shower, I just rip it. I pick up my phone, put down the idea, and then it's in the inbox of my task management system. So I Got rigorously it. try to get my mind free of any loose ends and put them into my task management system, which then I go through every day. And the second, and that's why I actually love Mailman as a software, because of, of course, a lot of my work is connected to writing emails. So, you know, my, my state work is writing emails. And with Mailman, I can keep my inbox clean so I can work in a focused way, sending out emails or responding to old emails. And I don't run, I do not run the risk that while working in my inbox, there is new stuff dropping in that keeps me from, you know, working on the on the old stuff. So um, actually, because email is important to my work, uh, it helps me keeping my keeping myself focused by keeping my inbox clean periodically. Fantastic, fantastic. I really want to understand how do you manage this task. So, for example, you said you put every ideas in this task management system. So these ideas are like whatever you plan to do at some point in time with renders outside of renders. So whatever you keep getting in your head, you just keep cataloging it that you can always revisit. Is that so, or do you have a daily list of ideas? I I I, I organize this task management uh, software. So, you know, for instance, if it's a small task, like I need mm -hmm. to buy olive oil because I want to mm -hmm. cook something in the evening, then I just put it down and, and set a date and a reminder, which is, you know, tonight at six when I go home, I need to stop by the grocery store in order to buy the olive oil. So that's pretty simple. There is mm -hmm. other uh, ideas that are less structured. For instance, okay, we need to develop uh, more in detail a training strategy for people working with client XYZ. So, you know, this is something I put down. And tonight, when I go through my open, through my inbox, I will realize, okay, this is a task that needs more organization. I need to ask other people. I need to get more input. I need to talk to the client. I need to talk to the team. And so then I try to break down this task into doable, manageable, actionable items. And then I either create a project or I put them onto my list, um, um, onto the various lists that I have, making a phone call, or, you know, reading stuff. 
So I, I try to make myself aware what is the next step that needs to be done. And um, the, the path management software is, is um, organized like that so that I can always say, okay, this is the next thing I need to do. And then it goes onto the list and um, I, I plan my days accordingly. Got it. So coming, so talking about planning your days. So now you have this entire system, but uh, given any day, uh, how do you plan uh, any given day? Do you plan it a day before or do you plan in the morning? How do you go about planning a day? Uh, my, in, in my ideal day, uh, I do the planning um, uh, the night before. So, you know, when, okay. I, when I go to bed, I have a clear idea. This is my these are my priorities for tomorrow. This is what I need to do tomorrow. And then amazing, it's really, it's amazing. If I do this planning the night before, then I get super productive the following day. Not always, because some, sometimes there is, you know, stuff coming from the outside. But very, very frequently, I'm, I'm done with my task list in the evening. Uh, sometimes I don't, um, you know, I don't uh, happen to manage it the night before. Then, I, then it's the first thing in the morning that I do. It, it, you know, at least it's the first thing in the morning that I do. But um, it is less powerful if I do it in the morning. I don't know why. I've read some articles that tell me uh, that, it, you know, during sleep, our brain reconnects and, and, and tries to adapt to priorities and stuff. I don't, I'm not too much into the theory, but I can observe myself. It is better if I do it the night before than in the morning. But what I never do is arrive at the desk, at my desk in the morning and not knowing uh, what are my <laughs> top three priorities. Uh, on that. That, I, I used to do that for, you know, decades, I'd say. Okay. Uh, but I, I completely dropped that because it's, it's simply not efficient. Perfect. And do you use any tool to manage your tasks for the day or priorities for the day or, or it's just your calendar or maybe a notebook um, that you use? I don't, I, I don't use my calendar at all for managing uh, my tasks. Okay. I use uh, Todoist uh, as, as both the, the mobile client and, and the web client for managing my tasks. I, I only use it as a standalone solution. So we don't have mm -hmm. Todoist for business or for teams or stuff because I think everybody needs to use the tool that, is, um, that, that he or she wants to. Um, but I'm I'm an ardent fan of Todoist. I've been using it for years now, and I, I seriously I couldn't imagine using uh, um, working without using a Todoist. I, I follow the Getting Things Done principles by David Allen. I think this is one of uh -huh. the greatest books that I've ever read. Um, I've, 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 I'm continuously working on mastering the ideas behind it, and I, I dare to say that over the past 15 years, I have uh, along quite some way. So I'm I'm improving continuously in, in, on getting things done. And I think Fantastic. to do it is, is, is a good, um, uh, to do it and, and the GTD philosophy, they go very well uh, together. But there's tons of other to-do uh, management softwares that I've looked at. Um, I just happen to be satisfied with that one. Oh, great. Uh, Rolf, do you have any days where you just feel low? I mean, um, you have a list ready, the priorities of the day. You have a schedule, uh, you know, those needs get to, done, get to be done, but somehow you just do not have enough creative juices or maybe enough energy for the day. Do you have such days? And if yes, uh, what do you do on those days? Of course, I do have those days. Sometimes there are reasons why my energy is low because I've had just made bad experiences. Uh, you know, I've had a, a bad encounter with other people. I've suffered a loss or, you know, something happened that just makes me feel bad. In these situations, I just accept it. So I just okay. accept, okay, you know, this is going to be a day that I just need to get through. And then I lower my expectations for the day. And then I, I frequently, I realize, okay, you know, I've done at least some stuff. So I, I, I managed to be 
satisfied at, at least a little bit. And sometimes it's just a question of physical energy. Like I've had, uh, I've caught not enough sleep or something like that. Then I go out for a walk just five minutes across the block, uh, which frequently helps me a lot. I love to drink coffee, uh, which also okay. helps a lot. Uh, and sometimes it is um, that I do like to, you know, do something completely different. You know, okay. then I switch on, I switch on Spotify and just listen to a piece of music that is completely like a punk rock or, or maybe, maybe even like a baroque choir piece of music. You do something that my brain is not used to. And then, um, and then that helps me to sort of get some, get some more energy. So, you know, changing, changing the, the setting, changing the context, that is something that I really do like in case I have low, I'm, I'm low on energy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talking of music, you mentioned that you make music. Uh, how do you find time to make music and what kind of music do you make? Um, I, I love to sing in a choir, um, okay. which is what I've done for many, many years. I, I, right now, I don't do it because of all the work that we've had with Rindus in 2020 because of the weird uh, uh, corona situation that we're in but um, yeah that's basically what i what i love to do or go to concerts i live in munich germany which is a relatively large city with uh, many many small stages small places where you know like in bars or restaurants where you can listen to music uh, so that kind of stuff great also to, uh, circling back to your priorities list that you try to make uh, top three things that you have to get done in a, any particular day uh, how do you figure out what are the top three things are for the day? Uh, I mean, I'm sure running a company means dozens of things try to, are trying to get your attention. Uh, how do you figure out top three things uh, and how do you say no to the other things? Well, I think um, uh, making priorities is the, the biggest piece of art that I could imagine because it always okay. requires that you step aside and look at your entire life, not only mm -hmm. Windows, but you know, your entire life as uh, something that requires your attention. Um, the, the way I do it is um, that I um, work with overarching plans. So, you know, of course, I do have set my priorities for 2021 for the entire year. And I do have weekly reviews where I look at, you know, what I've done in the past week, what is coming up in the next week. Um, and, and, you know, almost always I realize I have worked for three people, but I'm, you know, mm -hmm. just one. So I need to make the, the deliberate decisions to drop stuff. And I think saying no, you know, every no that you say is a yes to yourself. So this is actually the hardest part of the work is to say, I'm not going to take care of this, but it's actually what I do every week, every day to, okay. you know, to focus on what, what I can, what can I drop? And, um, and by doing that, I have the feeling that I can focus very well on the things that really matter to my life and to my goals. I think one of the hardest parts is uh, sticking to your long-term goals because okay. in everyday life, your long-term goals always, you know, they have, they're so far away and they get, yes. they slip through your hands so easily. And I think the only way to avoid this is by having overarching plans, like weekly reviews or monthly reviews. And of course, a plan for, for the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when it comes to saying no to people, I mean, when you have to let down somebody, how did you learn the art of letting down people? The most important part about that is being empathic. That is, mm -hmm. you know, putting yourself into the other person's shoes, trying to understand what is the meaning of your, of my no in that case. And is there a way, is, 
can I make a proposal how this person can achieve her goals using a different route, not using my support, but using somebody else's support. And very, very frequently it's possible to just say, look, I, I cannot do this right now, but why don't you ask X? Why don't you ask this person? Or why don't you do some research on this? Or why don't you, you know, follow this approach? It's more efficient. You can do it on your own. And very, very frequently you can help people even if you don't help them. You can help them if you just make them be, themselves be aware of alternate routes. And then maybe, you know, it, you can open a door uh, but frequently, I don't even need to do that. It's just to, you know, say, no, I'm not going to do this, but you can do A, B, C, and, and one of the one of A, B, C is the solution. Got it. Um, Fantastic. And sometimes, and sometimes I think it is okay to not provide the support, but to just say no. Then, of course, it may be that the other person is not happy about my decision, but first and foremost, I need, I need to follow my own agenda. This is what I, what, what I owe myself and my company. And so that is, um, I think sometimes it's acceptable, you know, that the other person is not feeling okay with my decision when I, when I feel okay with, with my priorities. And I think this bad feeling is actually preventing you from um, treating other people in a bad way without good reason. True, true. I, I kind of relate to you. I it took me a really long time to learn to say no. So you have not, uh, not you have not definitely you definitely have not asked me. But uh, just to, to share, uh, I have started giving some feedback. So instead of saying no, I say no because and then the reason. That kind of uh, helps me to be little less guilty of saying no. I'm still trying to get rid of the guilt of saying no. Uh, and also, if nothing else. I provide a little bit of feedback to the other person just because he spent time to reach out to me to pro to present whatever he wanted to present and just to appreciate his time a little feedback for oh this is a very very important point that you just raised um you know i think i think it is a very bad habit that is frequently observed in today's world that people do not respond they you know yeah. you ask somebody for help and you don't get any response you know, emails who are not responded or, you know, yes. messages that you receive that are not responded. I think this is the most rude behavior that you can reveal to anybody. You know, your friends, your enemies, nobody has deserved that you ignore them. So, you know, be sure that even even the, the most annoying uh, messages that I get, I at least say, no, thank you, have a nice day, that's it. So, you know, not giving a response at all is, I think, is, is just, to me, it's not imaginable. It's it's rude. Um, but you know, the, the degree to which I explain myself, yeah, that that varies. That absolutely, I totally agree. I mean, if I look back at my professional career, I would say almost all the things, good things that have happened in my life, has been just because of some or the other cold outreach. Uh, either the, it was a cold email, it was a cold tweet, or it was a cold DM. I think there's a power in cold email. That's why I probably I'm a little, more, little bit more empathetic, uh, empathetic towards people who reach out to me via cold emails now. I think the medium is uh, amazing. You just have to like uh, use it gracefully. I mean, the other person can definitely know if you have just blasted out same content to thousands of people. <laughs> but that that is rude as well. That is rude from yes. the sender, you know, because yes. it ignores the situation yes. in which the receiver is in. So that doesn't yes. work either. Yes. And 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 you yes. and you detect that kind of messages. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Uh, okay, uh, Rolf, uh, I want to talk about a little bit about mistakes. Do you think you have made any 
time mistakes related to time management recently or had been making before any mistakes that you can think of you know not planning your day maybe prioritizing in a wrong manner anything that you could think of yeah of i'm i'm making tons of mistakes every day i think the okay. worst mistakes are those where i don't say no uh, enough <laughs> so where I, where i just allow that my list gets too long and that it is impossible to cope with this list um and that i you know i sort of overload myself that is that is mm-hmm. one of the worst mistakes that that i that i do and uh, another big mistake is that i do not and i don't have a clear mind about what is the objective so okay. like in software engineering there is or in, in in quality assurance in software engineering there is this definition of done so when do you consider a particular task to be completed to a sufficient level of quality in our day-to-day work we frequently do not make us make ourselves aware what what is this definition of done so what is what is my my utmost objective what is what i actually want to achieve with this activity with this energy that i'm investing and i i admit sometimes it happens that i take over some task and i do not have a clear picture you know what is the actual objective that i want to achieve with it and if that is the case chances are very high that i end up being you know dissatisfied with the result you know of course because i haven't defined the desired the result in advance got it so you're saying defining the definition of done for each task is a learning that uh, was not there before so earlier you were not clear when something would be considered as done but now you have learned uh, to define done state as well while defining the task yeah that oh. is that is one very important task uh, one very important aspect that i wanted to to underline and the second is to um, be aware wh- why am i doing this so you know is okay. it something that i need to get done is it something that i want to get done where is this leading me to and that is what i do when i do my task list when i you know say oh tomorrow i'm going to do this 6 7 8 task then i always ask myself why why am i why is this on my list and the Got why it. is very imp- is very important for satisfaction because you know what you're working for oh that's brilliant that's brilliant rolf we are towards the end of the conversation and this is the point where i ask this magical question if magically you get one hour additional so instead of 24 hours you have 25 hours every single day for the rest of your life how would you spend this additional hour learning i would i would read material that i'm collecting i would uh, go on an additional class on udemy um i would uh, i would um, read reference material uh, i would practice doing something i think learning is um, the activity that pays off most in the future that frequently gets lost in day to day work e- even in my day learning is something that i frequently do not have enough time for do not have okay. enough room for or do not reserve enough time for so uh, every additional hour that uh, the 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 magic the magician would give to me i would spend in in learning in developing myself in growing my own experiences my own skills my own knowledge um that's a clear answer oh that's a brilliant answer and i think this is one of the most unique answers that i um, i have received i think that how i asked this question it feels like um, this additional hour is supposed to be for something which is not related to work 
that's why i get a very different kind of answers but this is a very unique answer learning which is uh, something which might not always be professional but something maybe something something personal maybe something new hobby a new instrument musical instrument that you might want to play someday oh brilliant uh, rolf uh, thank you so much for talking to me uh, we got to we got a glimpse of how how you manage your day how do you uh manager systems to get things done uh if anybody wants to follow your journey if anybody wants to get in touch with you uh for anything uh what's the best way um the best way is linkedin i can be found on linkedin uh and uh, there is all my contact details and of course you can send me messages on linkedin um or you just send me an email so i will and as i said i will definitely <laughs> respond oh brilliant uh i'll put your email address and, and your linkedin url in the blog post as well as in the show notes of the uh, podcast episode everybody this was rolf of renders you want to say something mohit it was a great uh, pleasure to be on this conversation thank you very much for your time and attention and uh, again thank you very much for having created mailman hey thank you so much rolf i mean i'm really really glad that you are enjoying it uh, these kind words are the things that which which keep me going so everybody this was rolf of renders and uh, uh, rolf thank you so much for taking out time uh it was such a pleasure to understand how do you manage your day and how do you get things done uh thank you so much